0: and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. As always, I'm joined by one of the marvelous members of the Blueprint Live Online team. We are continuing our series of the, uh-oh, I didn't get the score I wanted this week, diving into the bio biochem section what happens if you don't get the score that you want in bio biochem that's what we're going to discuss today what those next steps look like before we jump in though i want to let you know about blueprint mcat and all of the amazing free resources that they have now obviously the mcat podcast is one of those amazing free resources but did you know They also let you take a half-length diagnostic for free, as well as full-length one from Blueprint MCAT on their amazing platform with great, great analytics to let you know where you are struggling with your full-length exams and on that diagnostic as well. It's a great platform with amazing analytics to really help you hone your next steps when it comes to trying to figure out how to get the score that you want. Go check it out. Go create a free account over at BlueprintMCAT.com. Let's go ahead and jump into our episode today. I didn't get the score I wanted in the bio biochem section. Dorothy, welcome back to the MCAT podcast. In our series, didn't get what you want. <laughs> so uh, didn't get your goal score. Didn't, didn't score as well as you wanted to. That's what we're talking about uh, today. Specifically jumping into you didn't score as well as you wanted in the bio biochem section. We're starting with bio biochem. Just because, because that's where Just we want to start. Uh, it's it's the section after lunch, and so that's where we're going to start with. Your food is digesting, and mm-hmm. maybe your brain was not awake well enough to to score well. Mm-hmm. What are in in your opinion, what you've seen working with all of the the Blueprint MCAT students that you work with? Mm-hmm. What do you think is the big mistake that students make in bio biochem?
1: Mm. I think it's actually um, related to the fact that the BioBioChem section is very experiment heavy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of primary research passages, maybe on some things that you've like seen in passing before or maybe been exposed to before, but it is an, its own experiment, right? They're doing, they have a hypothesis, they have methods, they have results, and they're asking you questions that are tangentially related to things that you've studied um, for the MCAT specifically. And I think a lot of students will see the new topics and kind of freeze up and be like, oh, God, I need to know everything about this topic. Why don't I know everything about this topic? I mean, it can be really scary. Um, and I think you kind of start looking for buzzwords. You start panicking a little bit. Um, And then that kind of clouds your judgment and ability to make those connections between what's actually in the passage and what what concepts they're pointing you to. So I think the primary research passages alone can just be really challenging because they do test on things that maybe you haven't actually seen explicitly in your classes or in your modules.
0: Yeah. What do you think is from a a timing perspective? Because a lot of the MCAT, I, I think it's about timing. It's something that I struggled with way back in the day when I took the MCAT how important is timing for biobiochem? Or do you think most students do, do relatively well timing wise?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of students go right up to the time or maybe are a little press for time towards the end. So you have about, um, so you have 59 questions in this section. You have 95, um, yeah, you have 95, um, minutes for those 59 questions, mm-hmm. 15 of those, are discrete questions. So the discrete questions go a little faster. They're usually not quite as reasoning heavy because they're just, do you know it or you do not? It's plug and chug. And those 15 discrete questions are kind of interspersed between four sets of passages. Um, and so the passages are really where the time management becomes hard, especially if you are seeing you know, a difficult passage that is a lot of experiments, a lot of figures, a lot of cell lines or you know, experimental models that you've never seen before. Um, And so timing can be really hard, especially when you get stuck with a harder passage near the beginning of your section. Um, So what we usually recommend is a little less than one minute per discrete question. And this goes generally for all of the science sections. So you might hear this again in the later episodes, Um, but about 40 seconds to a minute per discrete question, depending on difficulty, the rest of the time are going to be on passages, which gives you about eight minutes per passage between 10 passages. Um, and so eight minutes per passage, um, I think Alex will talk about this more during the car section. Um, but CARS, you want to split your time really evenly between your passage and your reading because you really want a solid understanding of the passage before you dive into questions. With sciences, and especially biobiochem, I think it's OK to actually spend less time reading, um, especially in those primary research passages. Just get the purpose of the experiment. Like, what are they trying to test? what methods are they using? Maybe you're, you're recognizing things like PCR or Western Blot or like these really common techniques that you might understand, like, okay, this is what they're looking for, whether it's DNA expression or RNA expression or protein expression. Um, and then understanding like, okay, what results are significant? Um, oftentimes they will feed it to you in the past, in the passage with stars or asterisks or P values and give you a sense of what is significant and what's not. And just breaking down the passage into these big components like background um hypothesis methods and results and using that to just go into questions um and spending more time in the questions themselves so probably about like two to three minutes reading the passage the rest of the five to six minutes are spent on questions um especially because the questions can require a little bit more work with equations or um tying together concepts or reasoning thing um reasoning through things as well
0: yeah BioBiochem potentially is a little bit unique because the biochem part of that a lot of students are struggling to fit biochem as a prereq in before taking the mcat Mm -hmm. do you think if someone self studied for biochem they get their their score back and they're like "Uh oh bio biochem i didn't do well at Mm -hmm. should they try to go take the more formal course in college before retaking or is that just again kind of a self-evaluation reflective thing of like
1: Mm.
0: I I didn't do well because of that core content knowledge.
1: Yeah, I think it depends on motivation level to self-study as well, right? (laughs) If you are really motivated to learn it well this time around, I think self-studying is appropriate, but biochem is also one of the medical school prereqs for most medical schools. Mm. And so you'll have to take it eventually. Um, If you have the time and the wiggle room to reschedule your MCAT to a later time after you've taken biochem, it could, it can only hurt or sorry, it can only help rather than hurt. Right.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) And so, yeah, I, again, this is very dependent on like how much time you have when you're applying, whether you've done the other prereqs, but I think um, having the formal biochem, it is high yield enough that I think it's worth taking the class if you can.
0: Yeah. I'm assuming that the answer for, all of these sections outside of CARS in terms of study tips, mm-hmm. Anki and Blueprint MCAT's spaced repetition platform with mm-hmm. their 1,600 free flashcards on there, I, I'm assuming those are going to be key to helping understand a lot of these basic foundational mm-hmm. concepts and then obviously the, the study technique or the the test-taking technique outside of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think BioBioChem adds on like an additional component to that. So like ChemViz, it's going to be you need your equation sheets. You need to understand why equations work the way they do. Um, Psychos, you need your flashcards. You need to know the theories and have brainstormed examples of them and understand how to apply them. For BioBioChem, what becomes... A little bit more unique is the fact that there's just a lot of pathways, right? You have your metabolism pathways, you have your hormonal pathways, um, and so on and so forth. And so those are a little bit more integrated and complex than like the more discrete chunks of concepts that you need to know for psychosoche and for chemphys. Um, and so with pathways, what I like to tell my students is the MCAT wants to know that you understand how the pathway works and why it works. So like when is glycolysis going to be promoted rather than gluconeogenesis? Or when is glucagon going to be more active versus insulin? So understanding like what each thing does and why and in what situations is promoted and upregulated or downregulated is really important. So again, like looking at that big picture of why things are happening and what they do and how they function um, is the is like the most important thing first and foremost. And then it, it can go a step farther, right? So for each component that is really important, like understanding that Cytochrome C is part of the electron transport chain or that isocitrate is part of the Krebs cycle. So understanding like what components map to what pathway Mm -hmm. is also important. Um, And so with biochem, it's like, do you understand the overall purpose of this pathway? Do you understand what components are important? And then do you understand like what happens if something in that pathway breaks, um, <laughs> which makes it hard, right? Because then you have to understand more of like that pathology side of yeah. if something in this pathway breaks, what happens? So you need to know the role of that particular component yeah. as well.
0: What, what do you suggest in terms of someone really understanding that? Because I can think back to my time trying to learn all of this and i i know looking on social media what other people are seem to be doing the same thing which is basically mm-hmm. memorize the whole cycle memorize the pathway and don't really yeah. think about the pathway or the cycle just memorize it and mm-hmm. and when you're writing down that acetyl coa whatever uh or, or you're <laughs> writing down atp coming off here without thinking what happens if i just like stop that Mm -hmm. what's going to happen what's going to back up what's going to go missing what's going to happen because these these things are missing downstream i don't think Mm -hmm. we do that enough when we're trying to study these pathways is that something you would recommend of like let me let me kind of step away from just ooh, look i memorized it all i was able to write it all out but now Mm -hmm. let me take it a step further and go let me erase one of these lines and what's going to happen if i do that
1: Yeah. And I think that's where, like, the next level of understanding comes into play, right? Yes, I can copy this diagram and, like, pretend that I, like, know everything that's happening. But if I don't understand what happens when I break, like, for example, pyruvate dehydrogenase complex, like, what happens when that goes away? Oh, I can't make acetyl-CoA. I can't do Krebs cycle. I can't do all of this, right? So understanding, like, especially for those key components, like, the rate limiting stuff, points of regulation, like, if that doesn't happen, what what happens downstream of that, I think is a really helpful way to study in a way that also helps you memorize it long-term. Okay. Um, right. So I think it, it, yeah, it ultimately enhances like more of that systemic understanding. Um, that is, I think more helpful for just memorizing things and remembering, um, what things are important um, yeah. later on the road as well.
0: Yeah. My, my wife and I, I, I met my wife in medical school, so we studied all the time mm-hmm. and, and, there, there was one thing that I just—I I don't know—I struggled trying to to learn or memorize or whatever, and it was that carboxylase enzymes use biotin. And it's just like this okay. joke, like to this day, of like biotin. Carboxylase enzymes use biotin. Like it's just like the one random fact that I still have in my head about pathways and stuff. Yeah, i don't Yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah,
1: which which also means like if you don't have biotin, like maybe you can't do certain steps for decarboxylation that are important yeah
0: Yeah. don't ask me what those are i just know biotin carboxylation (laughs) that's that's where my knowledge stops at this point in my life um so all right so what else for bio biochem do you think that students struggle with or there's some uniqueness about this section that students Mm -hmm. don't think about
1: yeah um I think there's a lot of things that are interconnected, um, and you see this in passages. They'll start out in one part talking about amino acids, and then they'll start talking about acid-base chemistry, and then they'll start talking about, you know, kinetics of enzymes and all of this stuff, um, all within a passage. And it requires you to like really be able to interconnect these things together. Um, and so what I like to say to my students is like, learn it from like a very broad level like big picture level and then zone in and understand how things are interconnected. So the reason why we care about like, so for example, you might've heard other blueprint instructors say like amino acids are super, super important. You need to know all 20. You need to know um, their three letter and one letter abbreviations. You need to know their um, characteristics in terms of what their side chains are. And the reason that we care about that is because that tells us about like, how they will behave in reactions. Like, will they be deprotonated or protonated in certain conditions? Will they be, yeah, will they be an acid or base or will they, you know, promote this level of, like, peptide bond formation or whatever? Um, And so, like, the reason that we care about those and, like, that we want people to memorize them is because they help us understand all of the other things that trickle down from that. Um, And so, Don't try not to study in like very discrete things. Try to understand how things are interconnected. And I think this is just something that comes with time and with practice questions and with linking these these things together. Um, The other thing I will say is I think it's really helpful in Biobetic Chem to just draw out pathways. Um, Understand what happens if you have a non-disjunction event in meiosis one or meiosis two and like what the downstream effects of that are. Or if you are anaerobic environment, like what happens with the Krebs cycle and then the electron transfer chain. So just draw things out, allow things to like become integrated into your mind. Um, and then it'll help um, when you do have to apply different aspects of these topics to yeah. certain questions.
0: I think that's the biggest thing is, is we are so trained with our education system. We're so trained to learn it, memorize it, spit it out, learn it, memorize it, spit it out that when we get to here, it's like, uh Oh, I need to learn it understand it and be yeah. asked questions that are not nearly as direct as all of the tests that I've taken up to this point, which is why the the, the MCAT is so frustrating for students is like, why didn't you just ask me straightforward what this thing does? I could tell you, but you asked this other question that I I had to think about it and and integrate it and manipulate the knowledge that I have to spin it around and look at, look at it from behind because I've never thought about it in that way. I'm like, yeah, that's what being a doctor yeah. is all about, is like the, the patients come in, they're not a textbook. They're they're gonna present in these weird ways and it's gonna be this one random thing that they say, they're, they're, they're like, oh, I have to think about it in this way. This is what's going yeah. on potentially. Let me run these labs and these tests, whatever. Uh, and yeah. so that that's where a little bit of the MCAT, I'm like, I'm kind of glad we have the MCAT because it forces people mm-hmm. to try to understand much deeper. Uh, I hate yeah. the MCAT for a lot of reasons, but there, there's some, <laughs> there's there's some utility in that one respect.
1: For sure. I yeah. definitely agree. I think um while well, we would all love patients to come into the hospital and be like, Hello, I have this exact thing <laughs> this is how you should treat me. That'd be great. Yeah. But now I think even in medical school now, um the first order questions are, we love them when they come by on our exams, because yeah. they're just straightforward. They're like, what is the definition of this? Or like, what does this disease do? Yeah. But then we have second order and third order questions where it's like, okay, you're given this patient presentation, what's your next step? And in order to know the next step, I have to know what they have and why, and then be able yeah. to about what to do next so yeah. it is definitely reminiscent of like what we'll have to do as doctors which hopefully is encouraging <laughs> to pre-meds going through the MCAT um, even though it is like growing pains now it is a type of thinking that will be really handy yeah
0: in the future. yeah just think about it in this way everyone like you you have a question on your step exam that's basically like the patient comes in with this and you're like oh I know exactly what that is but they're not asking that oh no they don't care yeah. about they don't care about that yeah. they they care about the sequelae from the treatment for the sequelae for the treatment of the original disease. <laughs> they're like, they're, like four, <laughs> they're, they're four ladders down from, from where you want to be. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's rough. It's fun. So
1: much to look forward
0: to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, it is fun. All right. So BioBioChem, I think we've covered it all. We've gone through all of the pathways that students can do better on BioBioChem and hopefully they can improve their score, get where they want to be.
1: Mm. Yep. I got it.
0: All right. So there you have it. Hopefully this was helpful to give you kind of next steps in the, the progress, the progression of figuring out what to do if you're not scoring where you want to be for the bio biochem section specifically today. And next week, we'll jump into the chem fizz section. Hopefully this was helpful. Don't forget to check out blueprintmcat.com and subscribe to the show so you get all of these amazing episodes for free every week. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast.